This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. I wasn't always this massive of a man you see before you today. I wasn't always 250 pounds of rock-hard muscle. There was a time, I mean, I know you don't believe that, but man, I, I may have weighed 65 pounds, maybe even 55, and I was tall. I know you don't believe that, but just trust me. There was a time I wasn't that, that big. But I dedicated myself to working out, to lifting weights, to running, to training. And because I was diligent in building my body, it opened up doors for me eventually to play uh, professional football. I was an athlete, but you couldn't tell probably if you saw me when I was younger, obviously. You just got to have a mental picture in your head of what I may have looked like. But I was very, very skinny. I was so insecure about my size. I didn't like to look myself in the mirror. Eventually, I had, like I said, braces and glasses. But the one thing I saw my body change as I dedicated myself to working out. And I began to grow and get faster and get stronger. And I took that same value with me as I entered my relationship with Christ. And I realized there is a point to training your faith. God requires us to exercise our faith. It's one of the hallmarks of this church. It's why you see people here who have an athletic background. Some people may have a military background or business background and the, or even farmers. And the reason why we use this language of discipline is because those different fields understand the necessity of training, of discipline. Now, discipline in itself is not what helps you get saved. But discipline is what's essential to help you learn how to make quality decisions and keep Jesus Christ on the throne of your heart. We say we're in a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus Christ. We say those words, I know him, like Paul. Oh, we say, man, this is not about a religion, but it's about a relationship. But I found there's challenges with that proposition, with that statement. I run into Christians everywhere who struggle with hearing the voice of God, with communicating with God. Can you say today, man, I know what God's voice sounds like. When God whispers, I can hear him and respond. Do you know your Lord? Well, it's the challenge this month. I believe God has devised ways for us in, to know him, to get closer to him. I believe sometimes denominationalism has hindered us and put us in a box so that we have trouble engaging with God. I remember when I was young, startup Christian, <laughs> trying to learn to, to walk and hear, interact with God, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought being a Christian simply meant going to church and sometimes going to prayer meetings. And sometimes I'd 
go with my mom to a, a Christmas service, Easter service. Oh, and those prayer meetings, oh my goodness, they were so long and boring. But I realized at that time, I didn't know God's voice. I thought I was just going to sit in the building and watch people pray. I tried to, we didn't have um, video games at that time, so I had to lay on the pew and look up at the ceiling. I had to find a bulletin somewhere on the ground and make a paper airplane to pass my time. But I got older, and one day I heard God's voice distinctly and clearly. I didn't fabricate this experience, didn't make it up. I couldn't make it happen again, but I heard God's voice. And once I realized God can talk, (laughs) I mean, isn't that interesting? I had to have this experience to realize God can talk. I pursued his voice from that point forward. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Do you know God's voice? When he speaks, do you respond? Is God talking to you right now? God has a design for us, a way we are and the way we should engage his voice in our lives. And I hope this week to kind of break down some of those elements. We're going to cover a couple of issues this month, and I want you to look at uh, week one. We're going to focus on train yourself to know and understand and comprehend and obey the words of Jesus. Week two, we're going to talk about getting into shape, not physical shape, but we're going to talk about that too just a little bit. We're going to talk about spiritual shape and how it's important for you to develop your inner man, the real person who you really are. Week three, we're going to talk about working out physically, but more important, working out spiritually. And lastly, we're going to talk about devoting our lives to become spiritual champions for God, an attitude, a disposition. I have a quote that I think was appropriate from Joyce Myers. It said, spending time with God is the key to our strength and success in all areas of life. Be sure that you never try to work God into your schedule, but always work your schedule around him. Father God, I ask you in the brief time I have to speak clearly, Father God, through me. And I pray, Lord God, we'll know you just a little bit more today. Help us make gains in the spiritual man (laughs) so that you will honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Welcome for being here at Endurance Church. I'm excited about this series. Why? Because being a former athlete, I believe in working out. I still try to work out. I don't always get to do it, but I'm trying to be consistent with it because the more I stay in shape, the better I feel. Have any of you ever got out of shape? (laughs) Have you ever been so far out of shape that you knew you need to be in shape, but you didn't have the strength to push past the feelings to try to get back in shape? Have any of you been so far out of shape physically that you were so tired, so broke down, so beat down, that you didn't want to think about the pain that was involved in trying to get back into shape? It's hard to get back into shape when you're out of shape. When I used to play football, I learned 
you have to be in better shape than you needed to be in order to obey the pain of training camp. Training camp hurt so bad. I remember I went down to Florida for my first year of college, and we, we had to run two miles before practice. Before practice. I was like, I can't make it. And my, my team was like, yes, you can. You got a full scholarship. You better keep running. <laughs> so I got up and I ran. But I learned and I understood over time the importance of being in the shape. How when I'm in shape, I think more clearly. I'm more active. I have more energy. My attitude is better. My emotional health is better. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about not being in shape today because this sermon is not about physical shape at all. It's about spiritual shape. Have you been working out spiritually? Have you been exercising your spiritual muscles? Are you working on your spiritual conditioning? If not, do you think that your spiritual man, spiritual woman is out of shape? And if so, how was that influencing how you interact with God? How was that influencing how you interact with other people? If your spirit is weak or out of shape, how is that interfering with how you hear God and live your life? I want to make the argument today that God requires us to be in spiritual shape so that we can honor Him in the way He desires. One way that we stay in spiritual shape is through reading the Scriptures. And you hear me talk about that often. We try to talk about the spiritual disciplines here at the church. We also have a class here regarding spiritual disciplines. I believe that these disciplines are essential to help you grow in your faith. Now, reading your Bible doesn't necessarily make you grow, but it puts you in the position to grow in God. Praying doesn't make you grow. The Bible says one plants, one waters, but who gives increase? God. We can do these things all day, but unless God gives us an increase, we don't grow. We don't grow. We, we're not doing this by our own effort. But the grace of God is to put ourselves in position to expand our capacity to receive from God. When I read my Bible, I get to know John 3.16. And there may be a situation that comes up in my life where John 3.16 needs to be applied. But if I haven't put John 3.16 in my heart, when the situation comes up, I have nothing to draw from. We believe we put the word in us and the Holy Spirit brings it back to our remembrance, our memory. And that way, God is working in harmony with us to produce growth in us and us dependent upon Him for the growth. If you will, open your Bibles to John, I believe it's chapter 10. We're going to go through verses 4 through 5 and then 23 through 24. It's important we jump around here because there's something really important that happens in the Scripture. It says here in John 10, 4, it says, And when he brings out his own seat, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to the masses now about who he is. He says, He goes before them, and his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. This is important. Jesus says this clearly. His sheep know his voice his sheep know his voice now the reason i'm repeating this over and over is to make a point that word know there is not the normal greek word we use for no 
The normal Greek word everybody knows for Noah is nosco, or gnosco is the G silent, but it's nosco. The Gnostics were people, were a, a, a sect that tried to draw people away that said knowledge was the key to being right with God. And the more knowledge you have, the secret knowledge would elevate you in your walk with God. Our walk with God is not predicated off knowledge, but a relationship. And Jesus says right there, this relationship is important because as she what? Know his voice. Now, what helps you know his voice is because you know the scriptures. You can hear God. You can discern him through what scriptures come back to your mind. But there may be time in your life when you hear God say, turn right. And you're like, what? Did he turn right? I don't Okay. Now, I'm not saying God will tell you to jump off a bridge. That's not the voice of the Lord. But what God is trying to tell you and all his voice and all his thoughts and all his efforts towards you are determined by his goal of helping you make other disciples. God wants you to help win the world. And he says, his sheep know his voice. This word is oidea, not gnosko. His sheep know his voice. And this word, let me give you the exact spelling. I brought notes today that's good for me. It's spelled O-I-D-A. It means this, to see, to comprehend, to understand over the process of time. <laughs> Think about this. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. It's not saying my sheep hear it because Jesus here is preaching to the masses. And the masses hear this, my sheep understand. They hear, they comprehend they take the time to understand what I'm saying. And that's how they know my voice. In verse 5 it says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they don't even know the voice of strangers. Now we go on down to verse 22. The reason why we had to skip verses is because this is a period of some months that passed between the first time Jesus talked to the Pharisees and now the second time. And during this second time, it's during a feast of dedication. This is what they call Hanukkah. And if you don't know the background of Hanukkah, I can't give you too much because we don't have a lot of time, but the basic premise of the feast is that God helped Israel prevail over great obstacles. And there was a candle that was lit, that stayed lit for eight days on a very minimal amount of oil. But the miracle was that God kept the candle lit. God kept the light lit. And it was symbolic for the people of Israel to say, don't give up. God is keeping the light lit so we can trust God is with us. Now Jesus is about to give this big speech again about sheep at Solomon's temple. And everybody knows Solomon's temple. Solomon's very wise. And he has this great place where he judged people at, during, at this temple place. Remember, one of his decisions was a woman brought her baby to Solomon. And there was another woman there saying, this is my baby. They were both fighting. This is not, oh, it's my baby. Whose baby is it? And they're fighting, oh, it's my baby. Well, one woman actually rolled over and slept and suffocated her baby. So her baby was gone. So she got up in the night and took that lady's baby and said that was hers. So they go in front of the king, and they have this big disagreement. And Solomon makes this decision. He judges. He says, okay, this is what I'll do. I'll cut this baby in half. Give on one side to one, the other side to the other. And then you both have the baby. 
And the real mother said what? No, give her the baby. And the woman who, it wasn't her baby, she said this, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's what we should do. And Solomon was able to discern or judge, ah, this is whose baby is. The woman who said, no, no, let the baby live. Now, this is what's ironic. Jesus is standing at that exact same spot to make a judgment. The light of the world is there during Hanukkah. He's symbolically saying, this, all these stories were meant to foreshadow this exact moment. And Jesus, in judgment, judges the world. And he said, this is how you know if you're with me. If you comprehend, if you take the time, if you study my word. Let's go on to 22. Now it was a feast of dedication in Jerusalem. And it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. He said over and over, I'm the Christ. But they didn't want to comprehend. Take the time to listen, to understand Jesus' words. Because when Jesus was talking, they were trying to find loopholes out of what he was saying. They were trying to find ways to get from under his word. They loved his miracles, but they didn't like anything that was coming out of his mouth. And that's why people reject Jesus, not because he wasn't a good man. They reject him because they don't like what he says. And the challenge for every single believer on this planet, every single human on this planet, every single boy, woman, every child, every man is to trust in the words of Jesus. Next verse, please. Verse 25, and it says, Jesus answered them, and he's probably, I'm sure, frustrated a little bit. And he said, I told you, you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He said, I'm doing these miracles, and you still don't believe me? What do I got to do? What I got to say? And he goes on. Verse 26, and he makes the distinction, the demarcation. He shows the contrast. He says, because, an explanation, you are not my sheep. He says, as I've said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. We take comfort in that. 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand I and my father are one this is what I want you to take comfort in do you want to know the voice of God take time and try and understand Jesus' words I mean literally take time Pray over his word. Sit down by yourself. Say, God, help me understand this. I don't care if it takes you years. Uh, that was like dramatic. I don't know the word. <laughs> take note, Pastor Shot. It may not work. I tried anyway. It'll take time to sit down and exercise the spiritual discipline of study. 
we have access to the words of God. It's not Netflix, I know. Daredevil is over. They're talking about canceling season three. I don't know. CNN is important. I don't know. The football season is over. Oh, my gosh. It's almost the NBA playoffs. Hockey season is going on. NASCAR is now running. Jeff Gordon's not in no more. I don't care. I mean, there are all these distractions. Oh, you didn't know it was NASCAR guy. They jumped from West Virginia. All these distractions are out there for us. In a brief time, we have breath in our bodies. I know you're handsome. I know you're attractive. I know you're smart. I know you're brilliant. You can do anything in the world. You're influential. I know you're secure. But place your value in the word of God because his sheep know his voice, understand what he says. They value his words. The question do you value the words of Christ? If you feel convicted, it's not my fault. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to encourage you. I remember one time I was playing football as a wide receiver in South Charleston High School. We had practiced this play all week. I was going to be wide open. I was fast. The quarterback had a cannon. I'd caught a 60-yard touchdown the week before. The play came. I ran and I was wide. I mean, I was wide open. I was gone. I looked back to catch the ball. I put my hands up and I missed the ball. Hit my face mask. It went off. I looked at the ball. No one was in front of me. It would have been a touchdown. I ran to the sidelines. Got to the coach. He looked at me and he said, you're better than that. This is the first time I ever got positive criticism in my life. I was like, he's not going to yell at me. He's not going to cuss me out. He said, I'm, I, I, I am. I am better than that. Yeah, I'm better than that. Oh, yeah, put me back out there, coach. He didn't, but I was ready to go out there. <laughs> but this is my hope. This is my athletic bias communicating here. When you hear God's word here, and, and it makes you feel bad. This is what I pray you remember. You're better than that. God is in you. You can do this. You're, you're better than that. You make a mistake in life, it's okay. Get up. You're better than that. That's why God's motivation was love. My kids this week, they're sick. And it's been bad. It's been the number two, like, uh, everywhere. I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to say it as nicely as I can. And they didn't make it to the bathroom half the time they should have. And our floors are really um, clean now. <laughs> and they had stomach aches in the middle of the night. And so I had to sleep with them because he, he was sick and then, Titus, now Maximus is sick, and he had a trouble this morning, you know, just like they have trouble. And I'm trying to hear him when he's, when he's hurting and trying to make it to, so we just had a rough week. But as I started thinking about my son Titus as he struggled to get to the bathroom, he's sick. And, and I'm not going to yell at him because he didn't make it to the bathroom. 
Or he's trying. He didn't, want, he, didn't know, he didn't know how to work these things out. He's only three. Maximus, he ain't getting to the bad. What's he going to do? He just started walking last week. And it was bad this morning. The bed was terrible. Thankfully, he was in his crib. Nevertheless, we are all sick. Every one of us. I don't care. We're sick. And for those who think you're not sick, the Bible says Jesus only comes for those who are sick, not the healthy. You're sick. Admit it. And because you're sick, you're going to make this. You're going you're gonna to not make it to the bathroom and die. And when you don't make it, don't sit there and say, it's okay. This is who I am. I'll be this way forever. And God will accept that. Like, no, no, he accepts you as you are. But he's going to give you some medicine. He's going to give you some Pepto. <laughs> you can't give Peptos to kids under three. You're going to give you Pedialyte, Gatorade for electrolytes. He's going to lay in the bed beside you. If you're, you're feeling a little bad, he's going to help you get to the, the toilet in time. If you don't make it, he's not going to say, what are you doing? Get out of the house. He's going to say, okay, he's going to clean you up, pick you up, and say, don't give up. Keep moving forward. That's antithetical right now to what the world says. But I believe if we realize we're all sick, then the great physician then can help us be healed. We just got to admit we're sick. Let's jump into the points and I'll be done today. What do you need to know? The one who takes the time to comprehend or value the teachings of Christ will follow him. And in the process, they will become intimate with Jesus. It sounds like so simple, doesn't it? It's like, man, what are you even preaching about? Read the Bible? Come on, like, this is not a sermon. Like, tell me how to take care of my money. Tell me how to raise my kids. Tell me how to get a new car. Tell me how to get a new house. Tell me how to be successful in my career. And I'm like, I don't know. But what I do know is this. Jesus wants you to fall in love with him. And as a pastor, all my heart's desire is for you to follow him. There's a man in this church, I don't want to say his name, but I meet with him regularly. And this dude is in love with the Bible. He listens to the Bible all the time, and he talks about the Bible. He has a testimony. One day he's going to come up here and give, and it's so great. I almost cry when I hear him talking. Why? Because there's been a transition, a change, a transformation in his life. I'm like, God is with you. You're doing it, and it encourages me every day to do what? Preach on something simple like read your Bible. Why? Because eventually, when you get in there, you'll start hearing God's voice. And then you know what? You're like, wait a minute. I think I heard God. Oh, my goodness. Let me go back to the Bible. And then I'm like, yeah, you're better than that. I knew you could do it. And then you'll know him as you are known. The Bible's great promise. Take time. I love spending time with my wife. She's been under the weather, frustrated, struggling this week. Keep her in prayers. Obviously, know why. The boys are making milkshake, not the good kind. And we were trying to help them out. And she's pregnant. And we're a long way from home. I mean, all these things I can complain, complain, complain. But not, I mean, I'm not sinning. I'm just trying to say all these challenges. But I love spending time with her. 
I love getting to know her. I have to trust her in order to do that. But I gotta be able to know her voice. I gotta spend time with her to know her voice. Are you spending time with Jesus? What is more important than that? Why do you need to know it? So you can be aware if you're the sheep of Christ or not. Jesus says this, his sheep know his voice. I can say right now, do you know his voice? And you can answer. And based upon your answer, it shows you where you are geographically. Are you with Jesus in heaven or are you not in the kingdom of darkness still? And that's not to make you feel bad. It's to say this, you're better than that. If you're not where you're supposed to be, you're better than that. Get there. Get with Jesus. Take the time. Listen to his voice. There's nothing more important than that. Know God. He has created a mechanism here on this world. Yes, a mechanism for you to know him. I have Facebook. And because of Facebook, I've reconnected with many of my friends. Some I wanted to connect with, some I don't. But nevertheless, there's a mechanism there that exists for me to interact with. God has given us a mechanism, a scriptures. Now, the scriptures don't represent God. They're just a book. But there's spirit and life in his words. And as you begin to read, you begin to understand, oh, this is how God functions. This is how God interacts in that scenario. Over time, you get to see how God functions so that when you hear his voice, you know it's him. Because if the, the Bible is just a book of myths, then how do we know the God the Bible talks about is even real? Once you start destroying the credibility of the scriptures, so kills me, pastors, destroying the credibility of the Bible that gives them credibility. Once you just start destroying the credibility of the Bible, how do you know that the God the Bible talks about is the God who you're praying to? Trust the Bible. God has kept it all these years. And one day we'll have a sermon series about why we can trust the Scriptures. But I'm saying now, trust the words of Jesus Christ. Take time. What do you need to do? Train yourself to know, understand, comprehend, and obey the words of Jesus. Man, you know, when you first start reading the Bible, it's like, oh, that's right. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is so, like, boring. Please don't let me have to read Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy. There's nothing in there, Lord. There's no spirit in there, no life. Don't go through Leviticus. Oh, just, I'll read anything. Not Leviticus, there's no word in there, God. This is hard. The genealogy, please don't let me read it. There's not, all the word is inspired. Take the time. Train yourself. Read, read, and read some more. If you don't like reading, listen, listen, and listen some more. Take the time. Train yourself to know God's word. And I guarantee you, you will see gains. I remember my dad bought me my first weight bench and put it downstairs. I would go there every single day doing only, there was only one workout and it was bench press. <laughs> That's all I did every day, bench press. And my, my, you saw my pictures. Can we go back to the pictures really quickly that possible? You saw how big I was. I mean, I was huge when I was, when I was young. And my chest was like massive when I was young. Like it was huge the picture's coming all right now so as you see like i'm huge right i'm bitch pressing like 
forget <laughs> not even that so my dad bought me a weight because I was like so embarrassed in my body so I was like okay I'm a, I need to do something dad so he's okay, okay, okay I'll get you some so he got those like those uh weights with the um, um semen in them right the little plastic semen weights that's too old for you I know you don't know about that but I got the 225s and I got on the bench every day so I did it a week I didn't see anything like my chest was looking the same but after a month I'm looking at my chest in the mirror and I'm like I see this like line coming down the middle of my chest I'm like gains oh so you know what I gotta do you know you know I gotta start wearing tight shirts now right (laughs) Cause I'm huge. I got a line, right? I'm like I've been working, but I, but but the beauty is, once I saw a little bit, I was possessed. You can't tell me this doesn't work. I don't care what anybody says. I know this to work. I saw the line, and I kept doing that for years. I'm telling you, take time in God's word. Don't give up. It may hurt. It may be boring, but in time. The line will be there. You'll see gains. And when you see a little bit, respond with all you have because you're getting closer to the heart of your master. You're getting closer to Jesus. Why do you need to do it? So that you'll be the sheep of Jesus. I love that video you saw with the guy, all the other people were calling the sheep. I don't know what they were saying. I couldn't do it. But that one guy, a farmer, came up, and he was like, yo, 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 like, right? And then all the sheep just, and came, because the sheep knew his voice. Why? Because the sheep spent time with him. And they realized hanging with the farmer or the shepherd meant I get food. I get stuff. He takes care of me. He protects me. See, that's why we talked about idolatry here for four months, no, two months. Because sometimes people don't realize you have other stuff on the crown of your heart. And when bad things happen, instead of going to the shepherd first, you try all these other scenarios to fix it. But listen to the shepherd. When difficult times come, go to the shepherd. He's there. Even during peace times, go to the shepherd. He's there. But you gotta know his voice. Do you know his voice? All right. In conclusion, we're trying to wrap up today. How can I help you remember? Be like sheep. You know, um, sometimes that's like a negative thing when people say, "Be like sheep." I saw a video a long time ago of a, a sheep that was like in an open plain. Just the sheep and this, this miles of openness. That was a dramatic drink for a particular purpose. I'm trying, Ellen. <laughs> Open plane. I'm trying to get that just, just in your brain. Sheep in space. And in the midst of all this space, there's one little tree in the middle of all this open space. And this sheep is booking it. I mean, just going hard. I'm talking about hard. Just ah, ah, all this open space. One tree. And you know what that sheep is doing? Running right to the tree. The sheep could turn to the left. 
turn to the right, go anywhere, but that sheep full speed is coming closer and closer to that one tree. And you're watching the video like, no, turn, do something, move. Uh, 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 boom. Oh, knock itself out. And I'm like, what? That didn't make sense. And we, we, we joke on sheep, right? We're like, come on. Jesus, he's trying to belittle us. He's telling us we're sheep. And that's not why he's doing it. Not because sheep aren't intelligent. Sheep trust the shepherd. They're not complex. I know there's some cat lovers in here, so I'm not going to talk about cats. But I'm talking about sheep. Sheep, once they trust the shepherd, they'll do whatever the shepherd says. Do you trust the shepherd? And if you don't, man, it's okay. You're better than that. Don't, don't look at me bad. You're better than that. If you don't trust them yet, it's okay. Just acknowledge it and say, God, you know what? I don't trust you yet, but I want to. And I'm, I'm going to remember you and, and make a commitment today to spend time with you, God. I want to know you because we're going to heaven to be with him. That's the great reward. Not a kingdom, not a throne, not even a crown. The Bible says the 24 elders that were sitting around him, they had crowns of all the good things they had done in his life, all the rewards they got, and they threw their crowns at the feet of Jesus. He's even worthy of our eternal rewards. But you're going to heaven to be with him. So get to know him today. Now, so remember, it's your responsibility to understand the words of Jesus. Can I pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you, Lord God, for service today and the people who came out here faithfully, Lord God. I ask you to move on their hearts and minds. Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, to build us up to love you more. Give us a desire, Lord, an addiction to you. And to you alone. Free us, Lord God. Free us, Lord God, from the desires of anything else. But to be with you. To be in your presence. To love you. God, I ask you, Lord God, to help us this morning. Where there's doubt in our hearts, Father God, replace it with faith, Father God. Where there's trepidation, Father God, replace it with boldness. Father God, give us the boldness of a lion, Lord God, to proclaim you as Lord and Savior to a world that's lost and dying, Lord God. Give us the ability to look past the horizon to those people who don't know you, Father God, to those people who don't have access to your word, Father God, to those people who don't have a church, Father God. Help us, Lord God, not just think about ourselves, but think about those who don't know you build us up help us be your sheep and honor your name if there's someone here today you you don't know jesus christ as your lord and savior if there's someone here today while all heads are bowed now as are closed there's someone here today and you want to this day confess jesus christ as your lord and savior while everybody's heads bowed now as are closed i ask you to raise your hand really quickly and we're going to pray for you is there anyone here today that wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there one? Is there someone here today that you, yeah, you're a sheep, but you're, you're wandering off. And he's, he's looking for you. 
You need to come back because you hear Him calling. If you're here today, you strayed from Christ, you want to get back right with Him. While all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, while you're all seated, will you just raise your hand really quickly and put it down and we'll pray for you. Is there one? Amen. While every head is bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray this prayer for you really quickly. Father God, I ask you to touch every heart and every mind here. Encourage us and build us up, Lord God. Help us to be more committed to you this day. Help us to do that in a way that blesses you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.